0: Uh, Uber is uh, filing a lawsuit or has filed a lawsuit against the City of Toronto over a move by council to cap the number of available Uber licenses in the city at 50,000. Here now, Uber spokesperson Kirthana Rang joins us. Nice to have you. Good morning.
1: Hey, John. How are you?
0: I'm okay. So uh, give me the gist of the lawsuit. What is your grievance?
1: Yeah, so we filed an application yesterday afternoon to quash Marriage House arbitrary rideshare cap for being illegal. And there are three reasons for this. One is that uh, the city failed to provide notice to the public, to drivers and other impacted stakeholders, which is in direct violation of the city's own bylaw requirements. Um, And, you know, for anyone who watched the council meeting, I'm sure that's many of your listeners, um, multiple councillors and city staff were advising that, you know, this type of surprise move could lead to legal action. Um, the second reason is that uh, the mayor introduced this illegal cap in bad faith in a process that was tainted with bias and influence of special interests. And we've actually obtained uh, records through Freedom of Information that revealed that the mayor was actually involved in this like way back in early August. Okay. And, that and, and, and
0: are you asserting that it's the taxi industry that she's in bed with?
1: Uh, Well, her director of policy was actually the CEO of Ride Fair Toronto, which is a group working against Rideshare. Um, And these records show that, you know, they've been talking about this since August. And there's extensive lobbying from Ride Fair TO, and it was not properly registered. So that was the second reason. And the third reason is that the cap um, is discriminatory between existing drivers and prospective drivers, as well as drivers who own a vehicle and those who want to rent or lease a vehicle. So those were the three reasons.
0: Okay. So one and two are sort of uh, process. Number three is a point of law. Um, But I'm wondering, I mean, do you dispute fundamentally that the city has the right to control something like this? For example, the city issues permits for all kinds of things, including taxis.
1: Absolutely. And actually, the city is undergoing an extensive review of the ride share and vehicle for hire industry. They're bringing that report back in um, later in 2024. And city staff were saying at that meeting, like, that's when you should, you know, have a full understanding and then discuss how you want to further regulate this industry. Uh, but right now, this is like not the way you do it. Um, You have not consulted. You have not discussed with drivers what they're actually looking for. You have not discussed with the public what they want. You haven't discussed with stakeholders. Um, And so this, you know, this is really the way that this was brought up. It's now going to really have a big impact on drivers and riders, longer wait times, higher prices, people who are looking for a flexible earning opportunity because inflation and the cost of living is so high. They don't have that opportunity anymore.
0: What do you say to the critics who would argue that Uber drivers don't make enough money? So flooding the streets with Uber drivers may be great for the customers, but your workers Uh, And I realize you don't call them that aren't making any money.
1: You know, we're working with the provincial government on bringing a minimum earning standard for drivers Um, right now. Actually, the median driver does earn thirty two dollars during engaged time. Um, They want that flexibility. How much time is that? It depends on how much the driver is on the road for that hour, um, on the trips they're receiving, how long that trip is. But it's the flexibility of that work is what attracts them to the job in the first place. Um, But we are working with the provincial government um, on bringing a minimum earning standard. Um, Our recommendation is 120% minimum earning standard. We've been working with um, UFCW, the largest private sector union, on that. But again, that was consultation with drivers to see what they want. you know, the mayor and city council, they've talked to Ride Fair Tio, and that's where they got um, how they wanted to implement this, but they haven't consulted drivers.
0: Okay, so to come back to my line of questioning earlier, if, mm-hmm. if they weren't surprising you and ambushing you, and if they weren't, uh, you know, working with people who you feel are actually lobbyists, uh, would and, and they did this all over again, would they, in your view, end up having the right to cap the number of permits?
1: Well, as we as you mentioned, like the city has the right to, to further regulate this industry. A cap is not the way that we would um, think would support what drivers and riders are looking for. It results when you limit the amount of drivers on the road for demand, you're just going to increase wait times and prices. We saw this actually um, in Halloween this year where, you know, for whatever reason, we had fewer drivers on the road because, again, drivers can work whenever they want. Um, however, we had 35,000 more Torontonians that wanted a trip during the Halloween weekend. So wait times increased by 31%. And that's just a good example of showing what happens when there's less drivers but more demand. And there will continue to be demand for rideshare ride share. Use rideshare as part of the transportation mix. It's not their only thing they use. You know, you'll use transit. You may drive your own vehicle. You may carpool. Uh, but it's one of many transportation options for people in the city.
0: Thanks for this. Good to have you. Thanks, John. That's Kirsana Rang from Uber. Let's talk. And as a matter of fact, if you want to weigh in on the Uber topic, then you can do so. I want to hear from you, uh, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010. But here to talk about it is, uh, well, you kind of played Cassandra on this file. Uh, Brad Bradford is here, and you said the city was going to get sued, and now the city's getting sued.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I'm not and I'm not going to take a victory lap on it because it's not really a good thing. It should be pointed out that Our top city lawyer said the city was going to get sued. Our chief solicitor and the head of MLS, all on the floor of council when I asked them the questions, said we were going to get sued. And so, uh, unsurprisingly, here we are two months later. uh, Mayor walked on a unilateral motion, uh, brought this sort of under the cover of night, and uh, didn't consult with the industry or Torontonians on this, and here we are getting sued. Okay. So it did
0: pass council?
2: Yeah, Yeah, passed council with a big vote. Um, So now we have to... Uh no, no,
0: we don't have to hire lawyers. I guess we have lawyers, but now we've got to go fight this thing when we it was ill considered to begin with.
2: And this is the challenge. Like at a time when you know the city's got a lot of issues, whether it's congestion, affordability, housing, um, all of these things going on right now, we are ty- tying up time and money and resources and staff fighting a lawsuit that <laughs> frankly didn't need to be fought because if we just followed, you know, typical council procedure and brought motions forward in consultation with stakeholders and didn't try and pull the wool over folks' eyes, uh, we wouldn't be in this mess. And the added sort of impact here, perhaps the biggest one, lawsuit aside, is that Torontonians are out in the cold, they're waiting longer, and they're paying more money, and they have fewer options to get around the city, which is, frankly, already very expensive and difficult to navigate.
0: Well, as I I discovered on uh, Saturday night, even if you can get an Uber, good luck getting around downtown in it.
2: Yeah. Obviously, congestion and, and traffic is is not really a priority for the administration right now. I think that's that's fair to say. Um, but these type of decisions remove options for Torontonians. As we head into the holiday season, you know, more and more of us are looking for responsible ways to get around. Uh, it's, it's party time. It's party season. People are going out. And the fact that we have limited the supply of drivers and, frankly, economic opportunity for people that want to drive those vehicles. Another unintended, Intended consequences. There are more than a thousand Uber drivers who were halfway through the application process, had gone through the city's mandatory training, paid the fees, and then were locked out because one afternoon that the mayor walked this motion onto the floor, and it passed. And so it's a good lesson for all of us and and really shows that there is a proper way to run a government and an administration, and it's not by calling policy shots uh, on the fly yeah. on the floor council.
0: Don't improvise. Right. Let's hear from uh, Anthony on the line from Etobicoke. Hi, Anthony. Hi, John. It's become patently clear that the government in this city is not prioritizing transit. Frankly, the LRT plans are in shambles, and the TTC isn't doing much better. So, when you've now created a system where you're basically shifting the burden of transit to the pub to the private sector, don't handicap the private sector by reducing the amount of. Applications or licenses for rideshare services because what you're doing at that point is just artificially increasing the price of those services, and you're really affecting people that are, frankly, within the center of the downtown core that now don't have access to subway service half the time on the weekend because of continued construction delays and now a difficulty in actually securing a reasonable ride share that isn't double or triple the price because of surge pricing because now you've essentially reduced the number of people that are able to provide the service.
2: And you know what, Anthony from Etobicoke just nailed it because what we've seen is a 25% increase in Uh, in rideshare services out in Scarborough. What happened in Scarborough? We closed the Scarborough RT. So as that transit shuts down, people look for other options and look, we should have been building a lot more transit a lot faster for decades, but that hasn't happened. And so rideshare is an important part of getting people around the city. And now we've limited licenses, we've limited drivers, and that means prices go up and service goes down. Anthony, thanks a lot
0: for your thoughts. Good to have you. Uh, Let's go to Dan, who's on the line from downtown, probably very close to a pylon hi Dan
3: <laughs> hi good
0: morning John uh, yeah I, I
3: completely am against the city sticking their nose in this uh, business um, this for example just limiting the number of licenses is going to increase their value and create a black market for it back in the day if you remember with the uh, cab licenses you had guys like counselors like howard moscow hoarding dozens of them for himself Uh, not to mention this does increase you could already see search pricing Uh, it, it makes what is a great option for the consumer and for the citizen uh, unaffordable, whereas you know where, where transit just isn't available, and not everyone should be using transit. It doesn't serve our purposes. I tried to deliver a package with Uber yesterday across the GTA. Transit can't do that for me. Uber is a great service, uh, and and the city. One of their arguments was, well, we're trying to increase the the, the wage for the driver. Let the market dictate that. If the cost is if the If the driver's time isn't worth it, and they know their expenses between their car and fuel and so forth, and a lot of them are using hybrids too, um, they won't enter that job market. They won't enter that market. They won't become a driver if it's not worth their time.
0: Thank you, Dan. Good to have you. What what do you say to that, though, Brad Bradford? Because, you know, from Olivia Chow's perspective, I think this is a matter of social justice. And so the city has purview to ensure that people working in the city actually make a decent wage.
2: I think she presents it that way. I also think that, frankly, she's got a lot of buddies in the taxi lobby. Uh, There are special interests at play. I think we'll hear more about that in in the days and and weeks ahead here. But um, the unintended consequences of, again, ramming a policy decision like this through, as we heard from our city lawyer and municipal licensing staff, there are unintended consequences. And to the last caller's point, you know, what has happened is these thousands of drivers that were planning on working here in the city of Toronto, now they can't work here. So where are they working? They're being pushed out to Mississauga, they're being pushed out to Peel, to Durham, and there's not the demand there. So it's actually, you know, it's handicapped their ability uh, to to make a living because they're in a market that has now been saturated with, with driver's Cause they can't work in toronto where the demand is and so that doesn't help their wages and it's it also doesn't help riders because you have a surplus of drivers for people for trips that people aren't taking yeah. and then we have a shortage of drivers where there's a high demand for trips here in the city of toronto so it's all backwards and this is what happens when when you don't think about these things you're serving special interests and you're not serving torontonians
0: let's go to jeff in oakville hi jeff I think another unintended consequence, I guarantee
3: you're going to have an increase in the car driving uh, stats when they come out in January. Uh, people who are trying to make the right choice, not drink and drive, uh, may just decide to roll the dice and take the chance if they can't get an Uber or wait an hour for an Uber.
2: That's it's possible. That's possible. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know what the statistics will be, but I can tell you the folks at, at Mad Canada were very caught off guard by this. I don't want to speak on their behalf, but we've heard from them and counselors got Correspondence uh, condemning this move because exactly as that caller just indicated, this is high time for, for holiday season. We know Toronto Police uh, and police agencies across the province are out doing impaired driving enforcement. And again, um, you need to find an alternative. You cannot be drinking and driving. We actually just made that more difficult here in the City of Toronto. And so you have to anticipate that there will probably be some unfortunate uh, unintended consequences from that.
0: All right. Is there any possibility that this thing is going to be walked back just to avoid having to go to court?
2: Well, it should be. And uh, Mayor Chow has that opportunity. That? Well, Mayor Chow has that opportunity uh, next week at council. And I, I really hope um, that she does that because it's never too late to do the right thing. Uh, I think we've seen that there are a lot of unintended consequences now that we've taken a breather and sort of seen how this thing has played out, which is not not positive, uh, not to mention that we're, we're held up here in a lawsuit that we didn't need to be in. Uh, the city certainly engaged in lots of lawsuits. We didn't need another one from Uber. And again, all the consequences that we've been outlining over the past 10, 10 minutes here, um, those things could all be mitigated. She has the power to do that. She could literally do that next week at council. It would be the right thing to do, and I would certainly encourage her to do it. Thank you, sir. Good to see you again. Good to see you. We'll job. see you Thanks. later on this week, I think. I hope so. I never keep track of the grid. I'm surprised
0: well, we'll talk to on a Jill. daily well, so. basis. So. We'll see you soon. City council Brad Bradford.